the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is a free-for-all Friday here, and we are coming to you live from Freedom Fest. The 10th edition of Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, Nevada. I, you guys know the phone number, 888-900-3393. You know the Twitter account, at StuntBrain. But I have to, I got to jump right into it today because things are on fire here. Uh, not just the heat outside where it's going to be about 102,000 degrees today. It is 102 today. That's the forecast. But I walk in and there's a huge line in the hallway and which happens at these events because people, big names are here, signing books, meeting people, etc. And it is the biggest line I've seen here so far for our friend Dinesh D'Souza. And he's got like six minutes to hang out with us. So thank you for sparing us the time. Good morning, Hey, Dinesh. it's a pleasure. Nice to be on. It's morning here in Las Vegas. It's noon on the East Coast. So I'm sorry, people. Deal with my brain today. You, I'm, I'm excited. And here's the weird thing. I can't say too much about The Big Lie, your new book that's coming out on the 31st, is it? Yeah, the end of this month, it'll be available everywhere. This is fantastic. And just from the things, what can we say about The Big Lie? Well, one thing you can say, which is kind of cool, is for the first time, I figured out a way for people to get autographed books. And that is if they go go to bigliebook.com, you can do that. So you can order a book you'll get a signed copy from me in the mail. I've never been figured out how to do that before. Generally, you'd have to come stand in line at Barnes & Noble if I'm yeah. doing a signing. But this is a way to get a book online, bigliebook.com. That, that's very cool. But now we got to give them a little tease about the book because you said to me, and you've done some amazing work in investigative reporting on things that your, your jaw drops when you read about what the Clintons did to America and how they used this nation as their own piggy bank. And so many other scandals and stories. But you said this is the, could be the biggest bombshell you've ever had. Well, it is because it goes into the most incendiary topic of Western civilization, which is who are the real fascists? Who are the neo-Nazis of our time? Now, as you know, ever since Trump got elected, the general trope, the meta story has been that Trump is a fascist. The GOP is the party of Nazism, the conservatives, fascist party. Yeah. And so all of this got me thinking because, see, a lot of the lawless behavior of the left is licensed by this. They feel like they're fighting Hitler in the 1930s. And so it's okay to block speakers on campus. It's okay to disrupt the inauguration. It's okay to mount this coup effort against Trump because, gee, you know, we're fighting the fascists and we should do it by any means necessary. So all of this got me into a kind of digging expedition into the heart of fascism, you might say, and the heart of Nazism. And I've come up with all kinds of stuff that's going to turn your hair on end. Uh, and I'm about to release it, and it's going to cause a big stir because ultimately, um, ultimately it turns the tables in a very big way on the left. This is... I, I, I was looking for an August book. Glenn has given us four books that we have to read this summer. I've got one to go. I'm looking for an August book, and I think I've got it now coming out on the 31st of this month. Dinesh D'Souza's The Big Lie, Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left. I think you, if you want to know more, you can go to Dinesh's website, which is DineshD'Souza.com or TheBigLie.com. This, I'm really excited about this. Now, you spoke this morning. Do you have any other speaking happening today? Wait. No. no uh, let's talk about last night. Yeah. I almost forgot because I missed this. You debated Saul Alinsky's son? 
Well, I was scheduled to debate Saul Alinsky's son, David, on the Alinsky legacy. And part of what I was arguing is the whole destructive legacy that we see now with the Democratic Party. You know, this is so different than the old Democrats, uh, Truman or JFK, even Carter. Uh, who did that? Well, it was Alinsky, the guy yeah. who shaped both Hillary and Obama. So not only does Alinsky's son show up, but his sidekick is the head of the Alinsky Foundation. So it turns out to be two against one. Dinesh against the two Alinskyites. Wow. And it was pretty feisty. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and <laughs> well, you enjoy a good verbal battle. I do. I do. I, uh, I know in, personal, in person I'm not confrontational. Uh, but uh, in public, I enjoy a good debate. I, and I appreciate your debating. And this, if you missed it, if you weren't here like I wasn't, you have to do what I did or will do again in depth. Go to C-SPAN because C-SPAN recorded the whole thing. Right. Now, I don't know if they've broadcast it yet. You know how they are. They'll record it and then they'll show it a little oh. bit later. So look for it. It'll be out there uh, on C-SPAN and then probably later on the web. Um, but it was a fun debate, and it, it got to the heart, I think, of where this gangster strain in the Democratic Party was born. I truly, truly was in my hometown, Chicago, and I, I get embarrassed by that all the time. Uh, and so that was last night. Before I let you go, anything else out there today? Are you speaking anymore at Freedom Fest? No, I'm done with my agenda at Freedom Fest. We're just doing a little bit of stuff. My wife, Debbie's here with me. She's actually going to do an interview on, uh, on about Venezuela, her home country, which is oh, wow. in a mess. Uh, a case study of socialism gone amok and probably the best example of socialism in our time. So for the young Bernie guys out there, you know, if you want to see what socialism looks like, long food lines, you can't buy basic stuff in the store, you can't get proper medical supplies, right. people are losing weight due to the sort of starvation diet. It's horrible. Well, yeah, when pets become a food source, it shows you that the government's got really bad ideas and not. It, it's going worse is my my only assessment. No, nobody seems to be able to stand in the middle of all that and realize, hey, what we're doing is wrong. We've got to stop it. Instead, they're just panicking. So we, I, We've got to remember, too, that Jimmy Carter, Sean Penn, yeah. all these guys, Oliver Stone, Obama, Hillary, they all were, uh, they were aficionados of Hugo Chavez. Now, a lot of those guys have gone dead silent yeah. since the, the, the riots and since the large public protests, but they, they helped make it happen. I'm, I'm so with you. So, uh, Debbie, Dinesh, thank you so much for always fighting for freedom and liberty. And thanks for carving out this time today. I appreciate it so a much. A pleasure as always. Take care, my friends. Okay, bye. God bless. Uh, the book is called The Big Lie, Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left. How secret is it? I couldn't even get a copy. I ordered mine online. So I, I have to wait to the 31st to see it. Uh, we, we are here in Las Vegas we are here with thousands of people who are here because of freedom, because of the concept of freedom and, and the fact that we need to be aware of how fragile freedom is. Can we go back to that original clip from, uh, from the opening? Can we play that 15 seconds of Ronald Reagan talking about freedom? We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs production. It's so, so spot on accurate that freedom needs protection. And that's, that's kind of why I got, I got off my butt and got here to Las Vegas today to be a part of this. This was not something we said, hey, let's go, let's go have a presence at Freedom Fest. This is something that was a choice for me. 
And so that's why I'm here. And if you want to join the conversation today, you are welcome to. Of course, we're going to talk about what's been going on in, uh, in Washington and what's going on in the world. And I have some weird news today. And we are expecting to get Billy Hallowell on the phone today for our um, weekly faith lift as we try and try and focus a little bit on, on how we should guard and protect our spiritual side as well as everything else we're doing. Uh, plus, as I wandered the halls of Freedom Fest before the show this morning, I found uh, Matt Kibbe and his wife Terry Kibbe are here with a group called Free the People. We, uh, we might get them on today. Uh, we have the president of Liberland, Wit Yedlichka, is here. I ran into the president last night. I expect him to stop by today. And just around the corner, uh, a guy, a guy who says that he is the the one who can bring a Republican back to the governor's office in the state of New York. And as as somebody who is. Um, well, he's not a Republican, he's a Libertarian, but someone who can bring conservative principles back to the governor's office in the state of New York. So at the bottom of the hour, we're, we're going to meet Larry Sharp. This, this next two and a half hours on Pure Opelka should be filled with discussion of liberty, freedom. You're going to meet some characters, and you're, you're going... <laughs> There's one specially, California. I, I have to put the alert out to my, our friends in California. Uh, the uh, the middle of the second hour, California, you're going to want to listen because uh, a man who has designs on becoming a senator for the state of California is going to be joining us. And um, I'm, I may not be able, once he starts talking, I may not be able to stop him. I'm just saying. It's uh, in our pre-interview. I almost couldn't stop him, but you'll see. A lot to do today, a lot to discuss today, and we'll get into it uh, with more freedom discussions from Ronald Reagan next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, a different sound today, if you've noticed, as we are, we are live from Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you want to learn more about it, you can go to freedomfest.com. You can see what's going on here. There are speakers happening all day today and tomorrow. As a matter of fact, our friend, the the president of Liberland, Wit Yedlichka, is speaking tomorrow afternoon. And I believe he's going to come by today and tell us some of the exciting things that have been happening in Liberland since his last visit to this program, because he was with us. Uh, and at the bottom of the hours, I said we are going to connect with a gentleman who's decided that it's time to have a conservatarian, a libertarian in the governor's mansion in New York. And we'll talk to him. Uh, there, there may be a few other surprises, but I have to, I have to cover some of the news out there. Yesterday, I saw this story at the end of the day, and I thought, oh, man. 
what what are people in in Hollywood and entertainment doing? What are they doing? Who's advising them? Singer Lana Del Rey says she will no longer incorporate the American flag in her in her shows. She's no longer going to put the red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes in her shows. Why? Why? Because she's uncomfortable. She says that as long as Donald Trump is the president, she's going to be uncomfortable. Are you kidding me? Do you think, do you think any conservatives put down the American flag after Barack Obama was elected? No. No, they didn't. She told Pitchfork, yeah, there's an interview with somebody called Pitchfork, right? It is certainly uncomfortable. I definitely changed my visuals on tour videos. I'm not going to have the American flag waving while I'm singing Born to Die. It's not going to happen. I'd rather have static. I'm in a transitional period, and I'm super aware of that. Good for you. She went on to say, I think it would be inappropriate to be in France with an American flag. It would feel weird to me now. It didn't feel weird in 2013. So let's just, let's just understand what that means. I, I, she's, first of all, she's saying she's in a transitional period. I, I'm, I'm wondering if that means she's transitioning. Of course, she's not. I'm kidding. But she says she's in a transitional period. But to say that it would be weird and inappropriate to have an American flag in France on stage? Really? Is that really what you think? Should, should the President of the United States have taken the American flag down when he was standing at the press conference with uh, President Macron? Should that have happened? She said things were better under Barack Obama's administration because according to Ms. Del Rey, quote, at least Everyone I knew felt safe. It was a good time. We were on the up and up. Close quote. So everyone you knew felt safe? This goes right to the heart of the argument about the snowflakes. This goes right to the absolute center of the bullseye on the argument against the snowflake generation and the theory that safety and comfort will lead them to a better life. They don't get it. They don't understand. It's the grain of sand that irritates the inside of the oyster that forces the creation of the pearl. It is the pressure on the coal that makes the diamond. It is all of these things that we have stopped teaching children. We have stopped teaching them that hard work, practice, 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 repetition, Sticking to something that's difficult, but is right, will lead to a better way. Lana Del Rey, I, I couldn't pick you out of a lineup. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at your picture. If, if uh, Caitlyn Jenner had a younger daughter, I think it might kind of look like you in the photo that I'm looking at on the Independent Journal Review. And that's not any kind of a slam. It's just my, my analysis. So I, I'm... I'm sorry, it's, it's really bizarre. I know it's trash, I shouldn't be saying that. But just look at, I will tweet out a link to this story. Uh, our friends at IJ Review are the ones who came up with this. 
uh, and, and put this, uh, this warning from Lana Del Rey not performing with American flags because Donald Trump is president. I, I just don't understand it. And I wonder if Ms. Del Rey would feel any differently if she spent six months or so living outside of America in a country that doesn't have the freedoms she has. In, in a, a nation that doesn't allow women to live and work the way America allows her to live and work. In, in, in every way equal to every other person. But she should go to a place where she's not allowed to be as free. When I wear an American flag outside of this country, it is to spread the message of freedom and liberty. It is to let people know that this is the best place. This is the absolute shining city on the hill that, that Ronald Reagan told us about. So I, I feel bad for Lana Del Rey. I feel bad, actually, for her manager, who's going to get the phone calls about this, who's going to get the tweets, who's going to get the requests for interviews to have her explain. I, and if I had a bazillion dollars, I would send as many American flags as I could to Lana Del Rey's office, wherever it is. All right, mini rant over about Lana Del Rey. Back to, back to topics du jour. Uh, do, you really, do you really think that um, Donald Trump, I mean, you know, I'm gonna hold this topic because we do have an interview just around the corner. Uh, let's transition back to uh, our millennials. Lana Del Rey, I have uh, breaking news for you. Just, uh, and this is kind of perfect. Air France, speaking of Lana Del Rey and, and the French world, Air France announced yesterday it's going to launch a new airline called June, J-O-O-N. A brand new airline geared for, everyone ready? Millennials. Yes, June, J-O-O-N, which will launch um, in France, and it is targeting people born after 1980. Aimed at young working clientele those whose lifestyles revolve around digital technology. Now, what are they going to do? Is Air France going to deny me a seat on June if I want to I wanna fly it? The company said they have more details coming in September, but rest assured, 40-year-olds will also be allowed on board. Oh, good. Will they be the hall monitors for the plane? I guess this is going to be a safe space in the air. I can't wait to hear more about the details. They say the uniforms are going to be a, a real break from airline tradition. Flight attendants will sport a hipster casual design, complete with ankle pants and white button sneakers, as well as blazers with rolled up sleeves. Oh my God. Remember when an airline used to be about getting you there in comfort at a good price and occasionally with some decent food? No, now it's about putting hipsters in the aisles. A millennial airline. God help us. June? Not for me. No thanks. I'll support American planes with American flags.
We're going to meet a libertarian candidate for governor of New York next. From Freedom Fest, Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, live from Freedom Fest 10. If, uh, if you're coming here, I expect you to come by the registration area. And at the end of the very registration area line, we have set up the Blaze Radio booth. So uh, we're kind of seeing who's coming in and who's coming out. So far, William Shatner has not appeared. Uh, I'm thinking he's going to beam himself in. I don't think he's going to stop by, but if he does... If he does, we will, uh, we will grab him and try and talk to him. Believe it or not, I've interviewed William Shatner before, so this is not a reach. And he's quite an interesting guy. He's a bit of a bon vivant, as you might expect. Equestrian, wine, all that stuff. And I think he's a secret libertarian. And speaking of libertarian, somebody who is not a, liber- a secret but is a libertarian is our, our next guest, a gentleman named Larry Sharp. Larry is... Um, is going to try and, I guess it's a Don Quixote-like effort to take down the the giants of New York in the political game. First of all, welcome to the program, Thank Larry. you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go David Goliath, not Don Quixote, because I, I actually want to win. So okay, good. I'm going to go that route instead. Well, you only need one rock, right? That's correct, yes. But something to realize, it's important for you people who think New York is, uh, is a lost cause for libertarianism. We were actually ranked 50th by Cato and Freedom. Take that, California. So we have actually, uh, we've actually won. We are at the bottom of the barrel. And if we are able to actually do anything and to bring any freedom to New York State, it shows the rest of the nation that they have a real chance. They have a real opportunity here. The advantage that I have is Cuomo right now, who is our governor, Andrew yeah. Cuomo, King Cuomo. King Andrew actually is at his lowest approval ratings he's ever been at. Yeah. And not one Republican has stepped up to fight him yet. Right now, it is just me against Cuomo. See, this is the mystery to me. And as a guy who just left New York, technically, mm-hmm. we had property in New York until May 5th. Good time and, to actually sell. Well, I think so. Yes. Not everybody agrees with me, but mm-hmm. I think it's it's always, uh, well, we discussed this before. You mm-hmm. never go broke taking a profit. Absolutely. So we got out also because... There was a sense of frustration mm-hmm. among conservatives in New York. Yes. And uh, I'm not a party member. I'm a conservatarian. Mm-hmm. I lean libertarian more than anything, but mm-hmm. it's conservatism that drives me to everything. Sure. So we were outnumbered five to one on you've, the island of you've, Manhattan. You've hit it exactly right. This is why no Republican has stepped up, because they know they can't win. Yeah. The sad part in New York is if you run as a Republican as a governor right now, this is not 20 years ago when a Republican had a chance. Yeah. This doesn't exist. The state's too blue. They're just a sacrificial lamb. The wasted vote in New York is the Republican vote. The Libertarian vote is a chance for someone that, who actually has both the Democratic and Republican values that both of the parties in, in the state have lost. We actually retain them. We actually care about small government. We care about small business. We care about less taxes. We don't want New York State people who own property to believe that they really just rent it from New York State because the taxes are so high. That's kind of how we felt. Yes, and that's a common problem. That has to change. 
at the same time, we don't want to, we don't want to be in your pocketbook. We also don't want to be in your bedroom either. So yeah. we, we are in that, that values that New Yorkers actually want, but they feel like you do frustrated and helpless. And it, it, the frustration and helplessness was born from three decades of trying to fight the system. Absolutely. You know, we, we kept up what we thought was a, a vigilant and, and attentive and really thoughtful battle to try and bring conservatives, conservatism to people in New York. And at the core of it was telling them, ultimately, it may be hard to do this, but you'll be able to go farther, you'll be freer, you'll be able to do more. And to steal Matt Kibbe's book, we kept telling him, it's all about don't hurt people and don't, don't take, their, take their, stuff. their stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yes. And, and, and there it is. We're talking to Larry Sharp. And if you want to know more about Larry Sharp, he's LarrySharp.com is his website. He e is at a, the end of Sharp. E makes it special. Oh, sorry. I forgot yes, about that. That's right. Larry Sharp with an E. Larry Sharp with an E, sharpwithane.com. And uh, Larry's a libertarian candidate running against um, King Cuomo, as you call yes, him. King I, Andrew. I, I, have, uh, I have other terms for I'm the, trying to be nice. This is a, you know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's G- a family network. G-rated. That's it's not it, yes. the Manson family. It's an actual family network. Your chances, mm-hmm. you, you, as you said, David and Goliath, in yes. your own terms, I think it's about taking on the um, the approach that Zell Miller used to take. Mm-hmm. Zell Miller, the late I remember. the late Blue Dog Democrat Absolutely. from Georgia. If mm-hmm. people don't know about Zell Miller, you should. He was he was kind of able to capture votes mm-hmm. as a Democrat in a state with a lot of conservatives. Yep. By by not preaching party, but preaching principles and ideas. Absolutely. There's and, something else you want to preach: is outcomes. Oh, uh, very important. Yes, we want to we want to preach the outcome because the reality of it is many people, conservative or liberal in their heart actually want the same outcome. They just have a very different way of thinking it should happen, right? The right. average Democrat thinks the only answer is government force. Yeah. They believe that's the only answer. If we can show them you can still have happiness, you can still have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness without having the government to force it, things change, right? We can make them, we can get them to get, I like Zell. I, I read his book. He wrote a book in the 90s, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was a great I, book. Absolutely, I read his book. So I totally agree with you. It, it, he, he had the right idea. This is what we can do in New York. It can't happen. But most important thing for us, it's going to sound terrible, is raising money. Yeah. Now, luckily, I'm, I happen to be very lucky. I, for a living, I'm a, I'm a consultant. I spend time you know, with businesses, and I don't mind asking for money. In fact, I've only been running for <laughs> nine days, and we're on target for raising $100,000 in the first month. Wow. Yes, we are rocking and rolling. Cash is, not, is going to be something we can do, we can make. If we can raise a million dollars in this first year by January 1, we'll be able to raise five by the next year, and we got a shot at winning. If people know who I am and know that I'm a New Yorker, born and raised in New York City, if they know that I care about upstate and I want that connection between rural and urban, if the rest of the country realizes that the 10 big problems in New York State, every state has at least three of them. We have urban versus rural, gun rights in the, in the rural versus gun right. rights in the city. We have blue versus red. We have connection of the, of the urban and rural areas. We have those same things. We have fear, fear of change, fear of, fear of terrorism, fear of government, all the fear coming up which makes us do bad things. When you add that together in New York, people will see it and they'll begin to change. We can turn New York from, from blue to yellow. Well, I, I would love to see New York turn from blue to anything <laughs> yes. at, at this yes. point. And, and that's, that's uh, honestly, I spent many great years in my life in New York and I actually managed the city as, mm-hmm. as you can. It, being a guy who was born there, you understand, you can live in New York and enjoy New York if you actually understand the city. Right. But it became, from a government standpoint, once de Blasio got in, 
it truly became a socialist state. Absolutely. And, and, and eagerly, happily. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing to me, and that's the, the dilemma I ask you, Larry Sharp, with mm -hmm. an E, uh, candidate for governor in New York State as a libertarian. How do you even get enough votes to make that happen? I know yes. upstate. I think mm -hmm. upstate you have a chance because upstate, mm -hmm. they're independent thinkers. The sheep are all on that island, mm -hmm. and there's millions of them. 8.5 million. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Lots how, of them. How yes. do you get into their heads yeah. and their hearts? It's, it's a good question, and it's a tough one, but it can be doable for two reasons. The first thing is, if you speak about outcomes, people can hear you. Right. That's number one. But next, people know me in New York. I mean, I'm a businessman in New York. People do know who I am. So that's helpful and it will help spread the word. But there's another piece, and that is I can raise money and raise awareness from outside of my state. Being a libertarian in this year, 2017, 2018, there's a lot of libertarians throughout the country who have no one else to help, no one to promote, no one to give money to. Right? If you're a Democrat or Republican, there's someone in your state you can give money to or support. But they may not be a libertarian. So you can actually, I can get money, most of my money I've raised already is from out of my state. And is that because the party, the central, is there enough of a central libertarian party group that, that they can help you on that level? It's a network, and you have to get into the right libertarian networks. And are you there? Get it. I'm, that's why I'm here. Okay. To make sure, I mean, look, again, I, I, I uh, literally announced seven days ago, and I'm here already with the booth and the team. Yeah, I'm I, already here. I'm making, I, I bugged you. I tracked you down, right? So, yes, we're, <laughs> absolutely. I'm getting into the networks now. That's why I'm starting a year and a half out. I can't win this thing tomorrow. I've yeah. got to win it over the course of 18 months. So that's why I'm starting now. I'm serious in this. And there's another thing to remember. We're a plurality state. If I have three people running, I only need 34% to win. That's true. I don't need 51%. Yeah, 34% some... can win. This is, a, this is a winnable, challenging, but winnable race. But there's one thing I want to say that's important. One thing both Trump and Obama both shared, and that was the idea that I can walk in and because I'm so super smart and super cool, I can drain the swamp tomorrow. Both of them made that same mistake. They're wrong. Yeah. I know that when I get there, I'm going to have a house that is against me. But that's okay. I'm a change manager as a living. That's what I do. I get people to change. What I do, I know that a change will take time. So the first year is not going to be magic. The first year is me doing what an executive can do to stop the drug war, start, stop enforcing fines and fees, things of that sort to give them a break off the bat. Mm -hmm. But not just that, talk and communicate. Use the bully pulpit to get the people to make the Republicans, Democrats, actually espouse the values they talked about, actually take action on their values. If you had an active Republican Party and a real Democratic Party, you'd have some real back and forth and you might have a better state. Well, I think, I think you're going at it from the right point, starting with the results. I can't tell you how, how many times I actually get a clear-eyed response from mm -hmm. someone on the far left when I say, do you want to make the most money you can and yes, keep it? And absolutely. then they go, well, of course I do. Yes. And then I say, okay, here's how you can do it versus the government's way of doing Thank it. Thank you. And so I, I love the results part of it. I... I still have affection, as I said, in my heart for New York and New York State. Mm -hmm. I think upstate is the, is the first little piece of snow that rolls down the mountain yeah. and starts the avalanche for Particularly you. Particularly in the, the larger cities up there, uh, Rochester, Buffalo, Rochester Syracuse. is dying to have. Absolutely. And, and, and they value independent thinkers, which Absolutely. is where libertarianism, I think, has a, um, an advantage over Absolutely. both both parties. Yes. So Absolutely. Um, I, I'm really excited about this opportunity for you. Uh, yeah. And I and I hope that it, you'll keep us posted as you go through the process. Of course. 
and uh, we we'd love to keep telling people what's up. And I can't wait for the debate. I can't wait yes, for you and King will Andrew be in October of next year. It run by PBS, and I will probably be in the debate. Fantastic. I actually helped our last candidate in 2014 in that debate. So 2018, I'll be there too. Good, good. Larry Sharp is his name. He is a libertarian candidate for the uh, gubernatorial position in New York. The governor of New York. You can find out more at Larry Sharp with an E dot com. Larry Sharp with an E dot com. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. We are live in Las Vegas at Freedom Fest, uh, Freedom Fest 10. Uh, if you see me tweeting it, uh, hashtag FFestX, that's for Freedom Fest 10. And, you know, you just can't look up without seeing somebody you want to talk to. And as we're getting ready to try and get back into some of the news of the day, the news of the day shows up. Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky's 4th District is walking by, and uh, we wrangled him. So, uh, uh, welcome. To be here. Thank you. <laughs> I've got a hashtag, too. It's hashtag sassy with Massey. So, hashtag sassy with, with Massey. Massey. Yeah. My mom told me, <laughs> if, you, if you can't say something nice, have the decency to be sassy. <laughs> <laughs> or vague or whatever. Well, I'm, I, yeah. I like the, vague. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, uh, it's sometimes too hard to believe what's going on in Washington, D.C. It is. And you, you have to have coping mechanisms for dealing with the dysfunction. So my coping mechanism is amused detachment. In other words, <laughs> I, I'm fighting hard every second, but sometimes you got to back up and laugh at how screwed up it is. Oh, yeah. So occasionally I poke fun at Washington, D.C. and myself with the sassy with Massey hashtag. Well, see, I think if you go in and this was particularly um, a number one thing Reagan would do. Reagan would uh, sort of sort of attach uh, any insult to himself first. Yeah. You know, he talked about going into the press room when he was a, a young reporter and saying, stop the chisels. You know, and he would always make fun of his age. So yeah. you break down. The self-deprecation well, opens up well, your opponent's mind. I, I told Louis Gohmert that self-deprecating humor was the best kind. And he said, oh, I know. I've got a lot of material to work with. <laughs> so he doubled down on self-deprecating. I love he is, he is smart. He is funny. And he is another person who has uh, a, a great sense of humor and keeps it all in perspective. I, I think so. And, you know, he's been on the show several times, and, and it's good to have you in person on the show, which is very important. What are you doing here? What is up with Thomas Massey leaving the swamp to come to, a, I think, a bigger swamp, Las yes, Vegas? It's, well, it's a different type of swamp. Yeah. Um, Look, I am here today in just like about half an hour. I'm going to do a panel with Senator Mike Lee about criminal justice reform. Wow. This, this is a great issue. Uh, I used to be a, uh, an administrator for a county. In Kentucky, they call it county judge executive. You're not really a judge, but you run the county. Yeah. And our biggest expense next to the roads was the jail. And, you know, the jail has no user fees to pay for itself. <laughs> so it was just this giant sucking sound on the county's budget. And I went over there and talked to uh, the inmates quite frequently. 
and a lot of them were on work detail. And just to find out the, the things that they were in there for uh, and what we were spending money on to keep them. And, and I, I decided that it was socialism with restrained mobility. That's what incarceration wow. is. Because, so conservatives shouldn't like incarcerating so much of our population. But, uh, you know, we pay for their food. Yep. We pay for their housing. Clothing, clothing, clothing medical. Medical, all that. So it's as close as you can get to socialism, but re- with restrained mobility. Wow. And I said, you know, we've got to reduce this. There was one guy in there. He's a Gulf War veteran, a sniper. He was pulling a year, okay, for flagrant non-support for not Ch- paying for child, child support. support. Okay, and that's you know I don't. Everybody in jail is always innocent, right? They'll sure. tell you that, and I'm not going to talk about. I don't know if he was innocent or not, but here's the fact of the matter: How are we helping his child's situation by putting him in jail for a year where he's not making any money? We're not. We're not. Can you can you yeah. hang on one second? Yeah, I'm up against a hard wall break. I don't know if you can stay one more little yeah, block. Yeah, I think so. We yeah. got to do the news, and then we're going to okay. come back and talk to Thomas Massey talking about criminal justice reform. I think it's a bridge to get the other side to come work with us. We'll be right back on Pure Opelka. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the second hour of Pure Opelka live from Freedom Fest 10 in Las Vegas, Nevada, where it is 102 degrees outside. And uh, they're telling us that this is cool for this time of year. I'm seriously watching the news last night before I'm going to bed. And the weatherman's going, yeah, well, 96 at night. You got to realize that this is cool. You know, we'll be back in 114, 112 degree temperature tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Where did I land? Am I on the sun? That's kind of what it feels like. But we're having uh, we're having a great a great convention so far, talking about freedom and liberty. And the interesting thing is there are different different people here, different minds, but there are also some great conservatives here. Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky, from the fourth district, was walking by and we tripped him <laughs> and said, uh, "You can't leave until we get a few more." minutes of time with you. Uh, you and Mike Lee are going to be talking about criminal justice reform in about 20 minutes and uh, right across the hall. And I, I do believe that's an area where we can bring some of the uh, left into the discussion and teach some of their voters that, that there is compassion yeah, in the definitely, GOP. Definitely. And, I'm working with Bobby Scott, who's the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. He's a Democrat in the House on criminal justice reform. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, when you incarcerate people, uh, I tell conservatives that's socialism with restrained mobility yep. because you have signed up to pay for their food, their housing, their medical costs. If they need to be transported, the taxpayers paying for it. So, uh, you know, there's nothing conservative about locking up a huge percentage of your population. Well, I also think that any time uh, a person who's out paying their taxes and working for a living and has to give up their cable, because they can't afford it because the way the economy is. One prisoner should lose cable at the same time. I think if we're going to talk fairness, 
Uh, we, we need to have the forgotten men and women be taken care of first, and, and that's kind of where we are. I know your time is short because you actually have to prep for your, uh, your session. Uh, a couple of quick questions. Yeah. What's the dumbest thing Congress has done in the last year? Well, you know, I, I have to say, what have they done in the last week? Because they do so many dumb things in a year, <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. It's but, only a three-hour show. Yeah. <laughs> but last week, uh, Vicki Hartzer from Missouri offered a common-sense amendment that would ban taxpayer funding of sex changes in the military. Obama decided that if you're a soldier and you decide to be another sex, the, the taxpayer would pay for it. There was an amendment to reverse that, and it failed in the House of Representatives. <sighs> so... I don't think it's a libertarian position or a conservative position. I don't think it's a common sense position that the taxpayer should pay for your sex change. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, uh, I'm a libertarian myself, and I believe in live and let live, do what you want. In fact, I'm going to come out of the cloakroom here on your show, if you Wait, don't mind. Wait, what? You're yeah. coming out of the cloakroom? Yes, I'm coming out of the cloakroom. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, I've been in denial and I've, with myself. Well, this is a safe space. Okay, thank you, because I need a safe space to announce that I am transpartisan. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, it's not. Don't confuse this with bipartisan. We that love we, you, first of all. Now, Can we tell you we love you? Okay, thank you, because <laughs> I'm going to need some comfort in this all right. uh, and some support. Because everybody says I have to be either Republican or Democrat, but some days I just can't identify with either. So <laughs> I've decided I must be transpartisan, and I, I hope you'll still accept me for what I am. I do. I do. Okay. I, I accept you. And now it's not bipartisan, because bipartisan means you love both, both parties, right? Yeah. No, this is not bipartisanship. <laughs> this is transpartisanship. Well, I, I understand. This is, uh, you know him as Sassy Massey, or at least maybe you don't, but it's Thomas Massey, Representative Thomas Massey, who's just come out of the cloakroom, as he said, for being transpartisan. And I think you're the first. You're, I am. You're a trailblazer. Start a wave here. You're a trailblazer. All right, I've got two minutes left with you because yeah. your, your wonderful press person is pacing yes, I know, I know you have a meeting. To, you've got this is freedom fest and you have me shackled to i know your i'm booth. sorry it's kind of a wonderful <laughs> irony isn't it um you and i were talking about uh, personalized license plates and i got one uh last year to promote free speech after one for my dad's saying of if we don't defend the first amendment after the first everything else falls to the wayside yeah and you've got a personalized plate with the story that yeah. i want you to share well the story needs a little setup i drive a tesla oh, i'm okay. so jealous now i and then people ask me well how do you drive a tesla and get elected as a republican how can you live with yourself well in kentucky you can get these custom plates yeah that are all black and they're they say friends of coal on them so okay. I put Friends of Coal license plates on my Tesla, which sort of causes steam to come out of some of the liberals' ears when they see the car go by with Friends of Coal plates on it, because it's completely consistent with where the energy comes from. Absolutely. And that, that kind of, you know, that irks them a little bit. But the best part is there's only five digits available on a Friends of Coal plate because, okay. you know, it says, you know, Friends of Coal, and that takes up a lot of space. The five digits that I chose are in D, Fed, Indy Fed. Oh my God! And the Fed yeah. on a Friends of Coal plate mounted on a Tesla, <laughs> belonging to a libertarian-leading Republican congressman. It's who's transpartisan. Yes, it's I, an I, enigma <laughs> wrapped up in an anathema. Um. <laughs> and it's just purely wonderful. 
Representative, I, I so thank you for being here. I so thank you for fighting for freedom every step of the way and, and for, for being kind of a hope to all, all of us who thought there were just a bunch of old farts running around D.C. There's youth yeah, and vitality. There's some young farts, yeah, too. There's some young farts. Thank God. Thank you so much. And uh, I wish I could run across the hall and attend your session. But, but they've got you shackled they've here. They've got me shackled uh, yeah. at Freedom Fest. Thank, yeah, okay. thank you so much. Thank you, Mike, for having God me. Bless. See you. Take care. And there he goes. Uh, it is uh, Representative Thomas Massey, who was uh, absolutely just uh, wonderful to, to stop in and, and hang out with us for a while. Uh, there's so much going on here. We were, we were uh, kind of inundated by folks who came by during the break and saying, hey, are you guys on the radio? Well, that's what the sign says, the Blaze Radio Network behind me. But there is a, uh, there's an organization here that has an electric hydrogen car that wants to come by. I think if we can get them in today, we're going to talk about it. There's an electric hydrogen car that is being made in America and it, it looks really cool. I posted a picture of it earlier online. And it says it, it has 600 miles between charges. So you can go 600 miles in this thing. And it is an exotic car. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get to that. There is also a, um, a group of people who are here promoting disruption. I know. I know that it, it seems bizarre that a conservative would be um, appreciating disruption. But truly, what happens here when we have disruption is that uh, innovation follows. And I think it's, uh, it's our expectation to see uh, as many of these disruptors, and they will be stopping by. I believe at the bottom of the hour we have a, a gentleman who's, whose entire mission is to um, teach libertarianism by using the Don Quixote story, the Cervantes story of Don Quixote. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see that later on in the show. So, so much to go on, going on today, and as well as the, um, the resignation of Sean Spicer. So much craziness happening uh, on the East Coast, and not too many people here talking about that because they're all interested in talking about freedom and liberty. And I'm happy to have them talk about it. So uh, we'll get into more of that. Uh, just around the corner, uh, I, need to, I need to follow up the uh, Lana Del Rey story with um, another story that we touched on yesterday. And we will, um, we will share that with you after the break. This is Mike Opelka from Las Vegas on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's uh, kind of a free-for-all Friday in the purest sense of the phrase as we are uh, at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. And I, I wish some of our, our friends uh, from the broadcast who, who live nearby were here because we are, we're, we're truly having a free-for-all. Dinesh D'Souza kicked off the show at the start of the uh, first hour, if you were here, and we had a great discussion with D Dinesh. We had a great discussion with Dinesh, and uh, he told us about his new book, 
and uh, I'm hoping uh, you'll hear that. We're going to post it online. There is, there is a um, SoundCloud clip that will be going up. And uh, we met a libertarian who claims he's actually got a shot at running for governor in New York State, a Democratic stronghold. And uh, his name is Larry Sharp, and Sharp is spelled with an E at the end. Uh, stay tuned for him. More from Larry Sharp in the future, I'm sure. I really think that he could be the next big libertarian thing. I realize that's a prediction. Also, um, we just finished two really fascinating segments with Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky, who is uh, about to begin a panel discussion across the hall about, well, about criminal justice and how the criminal justice system needs to be reformed. And I do think that when you look at what Rand Paul has done in the past with, um, with people like Cory Booker, a Democrat, and you look at now Rand Paul reaching across the aisle to Kamala Harris, who I'm not a fan of, and trying to do something in terms of criminal justice reform and sentencing reform, I think this can help us as conservatives reach across the aisle. And it can and help us. Look, every time you see a picture with someone like Rand Paul and Cory Booker together and they're smiling and not attacking each other, that's going to help us broaden the tent. It doesn't diminish Rand Paul's conservatism at all. It only makes us a little better on the optics. And frankly, we haven't been as good on the optics as we should be. Uh, by the way, you want to join the conversation today, you can. You don't just have to show up in Las Vegas. You can dial in 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Lots of discussion now that uh, Sean Spicer is out about uh, the next step for this administration. There was also so much noise overnight about Donald Trump talking about pardons, Donald Trump talking about Robert Mueller, and one of Donald Trump's friends said something on Morning Joe today. One of Donald Trump's friends went on live television today and talked about this. I'm talking about Donnie Deutsch. I know some of you are going to call in and correct me and say that's pronounced douche. It's not. It's, it, it, that may be what he is, but it is pronounced Deutsch. Donnie Deutsch was talking about the president and what would happen if, in fact, Robert Mueller got a hold of Donald Trump's past financial history and business transaction history. I want to refer anybody to a spectacular article by Greg Unger in the New Republic called Trump's Laundromat, where it just lays out over the last 20 years the dirty Russian money coming in. Trump knows he cannot let it go that far. He cannot. His, he, he will be destroyed. He will end up possibly in jail. He will fire Mueller at some point. You can see it. He's teeing it up. And that's where this is going. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. And Donald Trump is not going to sit by, regardless of what the laws or what the repercussions are, and let this investigation go on its own terms in its current way. Donnie Deutsch predicting that if, if Donald Trump's business affairs, Donald Trump's taxes, Donald Trump's financial records are looked into by Robert Mueller, and this happens before Trump can fire Mueller, which Deutsch seems to think that's next, that it will destroy Trump, 
and he could possibly end up in jail. I'm, I'm not sure if I completely 100% agree with that, but it's a fairly bold statement from a guy who has regularly said that he is, in the past he said it anyway, that he is a friend of Donald Trump's. When Trump was, was running for office and Morning Joe was giving cover to Donald Trump, Donnie Deutsch was a regular on that show talking about Trump. And as Trump became the candidate and there were things that were said that people said disqualified the president, there were quotes from Donald Trump that, that they were saying, no, he can't be the candidate. He needs to drop out now. Deutsch was out there saying that he didn't believe Donald Trump wanted the job, that he had talked to him personally as a friend. I, I don't know about you, but when I have a definition of a friend of mine, somebody who goes on national television and exposes private conversations, makes declarative statements about me as, as Donnie Deutsch is doing about Donald Trump, I think you've stepped over the line in terms of what a friend is. That's not a friend. That's somebody who's out to raise their own brand. And that's what Donnie Deutsch does for a living. He's a, an advertising guy who is managing his own brand, attempting to build and increase his own brand. So um, I, I don't have a whole lot of respect for Donnie Deutsch. I'm just saying. It's... Um, we're rapidly approaching the halfway point of the show, and we're going to talk to some disruptors after the break. But I wanted to uh, reiterate some of the reasons we're here, one of which is to, um, to highlight and support freedom. And Freedom Fest is all about that. We have folks from Freedom Works are here. The, uh, the, the kids from uh, Turning Point USA are here, and I call them kids. They're college students, and they're out there with their big government sucks banners. Uh, running up and down the halls of the convention center. And uh, it's good to see libertarians, conservative Republicans, all in the same room and talking to each other. And I, I think it, it goes back to some of the stuff Reagan said way back in the day. And um, one of the things that Reagan talked about when he highlighted the difference between our American philosophy of freedom and socialism can be heard in the speech he gave when he was endorsing Barry Goldwater and Goldwater's run for the presidency in the early 60s. Here's just a little, a little snippet of that from Ronald Reagan endorsing Barry Goldwater and what he said about the difference between America and the Soviets. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right, we cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb by committing an immorality so great as saying to a billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with your slave masters. 
Alexander Hamilton said a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Just stunningly clear, accurate, and powerful words from Ronald Reagan. I don't know how we don't play those every day and remind all of those out there that that's what this country is about. You have to fight for freedom. You have to protect freedom. And you can't compromise your own values and morals in order to silence the people who would have us back down to the aggressors. There's a lot going on today. Sean Spicer just resigned. There's talk of pardons. There's talk of firings. We're talking about banning people going to North Korea. My question on that topic, why didn't we do that 10 or 20 or 30 years ago? I know, I need to calm down about that question. Dennis Rodman didn't ruin it for everybody. North Korea should have been off the list a long, long time ago. When we get back, we'll talk disruptions, uh, and there's a lot going on today, and, and much more from Freedom Fest 10 in Las Vegas. This is Michael Pelka on Pure Pelka. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we are uh, we're at Freedom Fest 10. Uh, as, as I mentioned, this place is uh, just a, a buzz with freedom and liberty, and you never know who's going to walk into your, your sphere of influence. And I have to tell you that as we were in the news, I looked up, and, and standing across from me, smiling and i'd be smiling too if yesterday the day was named for me is the one the only steve forbes hello mr forbes welcome to uh pure Opelka on the blaze uh great to be here thank you uh, and how did it feel yesterday to have oscar goldman uh declare steve forbes day in las vegas well, oscar goodman is a legend in uh, las vegas former mayor for 12 years his wife is now uh, serving as mayor yeah so the emperor and the empress of uh, las vegas and <laughs> <laughs> to get a day named after me and uh uh the name will stay here, I guess, but uh, it, it, it's, it's a great honor and a, an extraordinary town. Is that in, in perpetuity that exists so that on every uh, July 19th or July 20th, what is it, July 19th? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's the 20th. Will every July 20th in perpetuity be uh, Steve Forbes Day in Las Vegas? I don't think so, but uh, in my mind it will be. Well, good, good. <laughs> and what, what does that get you? Does it get you a, a front of the line at the buffet table here? Gets me a nice proclamation. That's good. That archaeologists years from now will be wondering, who is this man that the uh, capital of the world so honored? Because 10,000 years from now, an archaeologist dig up Las Vegas, 
they're going to think it was the center of the world. They had the Eiffel Tower here, so they're going to think that France was colonized by Las Vegas. Uh, they have uh, the there's, Statue of Liberty. Yeah, there's all, a New all, York all, section all, all, here. New York section, so they're going to wonder who are these people who uh, colonized the world. I, I had never taken it from that angle, but that's see, this is what happens at Freedom Fest. You get different thinkers who give you their approach and their angle on things. And if you have an open mind, if you have a, a flexibility in your philosophies, you can certainly learn many different things. And I think it also increases your personal power. That's just a personal belief. But what does Freedom Fest mean to you, sir? Well, it's uh, people coming together, and we used to call it brainstorming. <laughs> but uh, you know, going back to medieval times, uh, merchants would come from all over Europe to these uh, fairs. Uh, obviously to sell merchandise, but also to get tips on uh, what was happening and uh, what are the things you do and shouldn't do. And so here, too, at uh, Freedom Fest, uh, people come here, hear uh, great presentations, <clears throat> good debates and the like, but also uh, intermingling and uh, talking with uh, serendipitously uh, people of a like mind, and you may come up with ideas to uh, push the cause of liberty more effectively. So this is kind of like, uh, we used to say the golf course was where most business was done. But there's business happening here. Freedom uh, business. Uh, freedom business. And, uh, you know, number of people, including Jefferson, observed uh, liberty requires eternal vigilance. Uh, government is always going to expand if you don't stop it like weeds in a garden. Yeah. So uh, you got to keep on top of it. Well, Pull the weeds out and plant the good stuff. We, we love that you are here and, and sharing your wisdom, especially as we were talking during the break. Steve Forbes is our guest on Pure Opelka from Freedom Fest. And we were talking during the break about the events of the day because uh, I, I look at Sean Spicer resigning and Scaramucci stepping in. And I, I asked you the question, and I want to ask it again, has it ever been this weird in America before? We've never had a situation where each day you wonder what's going to crop up. So yeah. I think you have to look at it as a two parallel universes. Uh, the one that the press loves to cover, call it reality TV, and the other, uh, the real stuff that's going on. For example, this deregulation push, every president gives verbal uh, bow to it, yeah. but this is the first one who's actually taken it seriously. Uh, Congress has already passed 15 separate bills uh, repealing forever regulations uh, from previous years. Uh, stroke of the pen, they've done a lot more. You see the EPA starting to actually pay attention to real science again yeah. and not waging a holy war against energy. Uh, you see Education Department realizing it's supposed to be for education and not pandering to uh, the teachers' unions. And uh, on you go. And uh, the, the Internet, uh, getting it away from 1932-style dial-up technology that Obama imposed, which would ultimately have wrecked the Internet. Uh, now that's being liberated by the new forces at the FCC. Well, I love seeing the, the regulation walls come tumbling down and then setting loose pure capitalism. But I still go back to, uh, you know, but for the corporate tax rate and the way we are oppressing businesses and forcing them offshore with these gigantic tax rates. What's keeping us from getting that done? Well, the Republicans, everyone focuses on the White House and Donald Trump, but uh, big villains are the leadership of Congress. Paul Ryan uh, pushing this crazy 20% national sales tax border oh. tax, which would slam working families, most bizarre thing I've ever seen. 
and then plus his decision, oh, uh, because we worship the Congressional Budget Office as if uh, they're the Delphic Oracle, which everyone knows is hocus pocus <laughs> anyway, uh, they put health care first, which is very difficult, instead of a good pure tax cut. And uh, so as a result, uh, we'll get a tax cut this year, and I hope these guys recognize, make it retroactive. So therefore, if you pass it late in the year, it doesn't matter. Make it retroactive to uh, April 1st or January 1st and uh, move forward. And as for Paul Ryan, you remember a movie back, I think it was in the 70s, early 80s, uh, was called The Body Snatchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland at the end, uh, they, they get to him and he turns to the camera and starts growling with his bent finger. The Body Snatchers <laughs> got Paul Ryan. The, you know, that's, <clears throat> I had such high hopes for Paul Ryan. And, well, for and, years he was pretty good, and yeah. then the body snatchers got him. There were pods in the hall. Yes, there were. <laughs> we didn't know it. <laughs> we didn't pay attention. So we pod had, people got them. I can't believe we've had an Oracle of Delphi reference and a body snatchers <laughs> reference in the same five-minute window. Uh, I guess that's what you get. Well, well it shows the, the paucity of uh, imagination in Washington. Yeah. Uh, at least the Delphic Oracle had a lot of smoke and uh, good stuff. <laughs> the Romans did even better with Vestal Virgins. Maybe they had a bit of Las Vegas genes in them in advance. <laughs> and uh, But uh, the CBO, this dry stuff that's no more worth than a daily horoscope. Well, And, and nobody goes back to the previous history of the CBO projections. And They're said, always wrong. You weren't even close. They're you always <laughs> wrong. But uh, they, they pretend to take it seriously, and if the CBO had any ability, they wouldn't be at the CBO. They'd be getting on the Forbes Rich List with their fabulous predictions. So just ask the next example. time you see a CBO guy, what's the weather next week? I can't <laughs> tell you, you know. It's a fraud. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so <laughs> with it. Uh, his name is Steve Forbes. He comes from a, a, a family legacy of capitalism. You know, I, I, I love the fact that capitalism... Is there a gene for capitalism, or do you think it's taught? Uh, I think it's imbibed, and uh, you have to have the right environment. And uh, one of the things that's happened, uh, we've seen time and time again, people who were once doing great stuff somehow lose the uh, knack yeah. for it. So uh, that's why we've got to keep an open society. So uh, if uh, the oldies uh, get a little uh, set in their ways, you've got the uh, entrepreneurs of any age coming along and uh, making our lives better. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And we, we've talked on this show about the fact that when the, when the 19th century turned the 20th century, there were reports that everything's already been invented, we don't need anything new, and then we roared into the 20th century. And then it seems like at the end of the 20th century, we felt like, oh, we're comfortable, we've got computers and great cars. And then you have these innovators who disrupt and turn the world on its side. And you have the Elon Musks who's going to bore a hole from New York to D.C. <laughs> and get us there in 29 minutes, even if it never happens. Just thinking about it, get somebody sure. else thinking, well, maybe every, every, we could. Every, every idea is preposterous until it becomes uh, an accepted commonplace. Until somebody does it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and, the reality. Uh, and uh, talking about uh, the 19th century, there's a wonderful story in the 1880s in uh, England discussing telephones. And uh, this guy, Eminent, said uh, telephones would work in America because it's a spread out continental country, so there'd be need for it. But he said in a compact country like England, we don't need phones. We've got all these uh, <laughs> telegraph boys moving around, delivering telegrams several times a day. So we don't. Well, you're going to put them out of business. You're going to lose jobs. Who needs a phone? <laughs> Plus, you had to tip the telephone. 
I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, we do. Steve Forbes, you are uh, you are such a, a, a gracious person to stop by and join us today. Well, thank you for having uh, me on. What what is it? Leave us with one one thought for the future. What should be we be paying attention to going forward? If I knew the future, I'd be on our rich list. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you make the list, you've got an advantage. <laughs> but uh, you know, the last two years should make us all humble. But uh, since we're celebrating Forbes' 100th anniversary, just look at what's happened in the last 100 years. Despite yeah. the tax still going on to this day against free enterprise, capitalism, depressions, world wars, totalitarian regimes of unprecedented murderousness, and 9-11 uh, and everything else that's going on, but look at the huge advances in the standard of living and opportunity in the last 30 years. The number of people around the world living in dire poverty has fallen in half. Now, if you go out and ask people, where has poverty gone and dire poverty gone in the world the last 30 years? They'd say it's doubled. They don't realize every day 150,000 people get out of dire poverty. We need to sell the hope based on the facts of yes. what capitalism and freedom have done. Exactly. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Steve Forbes. Thank you. Have a great rest of Freedom Fest. And you thank too. you for being thank here. You. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, live from uh, Las Vegas, where I happen to be at Freedom Fest. But I also happen to be carrying with me Relief Factor. I, I don't know if um, I don't know if anyone noticed it, but I have the little packets of Relief Factor right here on my broadcasting table because I took one at breakfast. I'm going to take another packet of All Natural Relief Factor in uh, just a few minutes. You can hear there's a lot going on here. But let me rem remind you, that's the beauty of Relief Factor. First of all, it's all natural anti-inflammatory that has worked for me and for thousands of Blaze audience members. And what it does is reduce the inflammation. And in doing so, it reduces the pain. I stopped taking, I stopped taking those green gel caps that are meant to relieve the pain eight days after I started taking Relief Factor. And it's changed my life. It can change yours if you have chronic pain. Uh, I ran for years. My knees were shot. I was looking at knee replacements. I'm not doing that anymore because I got the three-week quick start pack. I called Relief Factor at 888. No, it's uh, 800. I called Relief Factor at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. I got the three-week quick start pack, and now I keep them on hand. And it's, uh, like I said, it's all natural, so you don't worry about chemicals. It's fish oil and turmeric and other spices that are working with your body. If you have pain and you want to get your life back, it can work for you. ReliefFactor.com or ReliefFactor, 800-500-8384. Oh, boy. I've got, I've got so much more to get to today, and, and it's uh, just an hour left on the program. Uh, we are we are monitoring things as uh, there's going to be absolutely uh, craziness happening around D.C. 
with the with the uh, resignation of Sean Spicer. But what he's sticking around till the till the end of August or till August, decent of him. Uh, if I were the president and and my uh, spokesperson wanted out, I, I think they should have known for weeks now, possibly months, that they were going to have a new spokesperson need. So I would be surprised if they didn't have somebody ready. It also seems like Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been standing in that position now for um, several weeks and seems to be taking that role very seriously. So why wouldn't you just let her ride herd on that for a while while you have a transition going? I wouldn't want somebody in the office who had already said they were leaving. I'm sorry. That's the way I think. The minute you tell me that you're done with me, guess what? I'm done with you. Maybe that's wrong of me. But uh, we'll, we'll see what's next. We will see. As, as Steve Forbes talked, it's, it is uh, nothing like we've ever seen before in, in Washington. Nothing at all like we've ever seen before. Um, I, have to, I have to get to the story about um, the woman who was found guilty. We touched on this yesterday. The woman who was found guilty of murdering her husband after the parrot repeatedly said, don't effing shoot, don't effing shoot, uh, although he didn't, he didn't uh, use effing, he used the whole word. So there was a murder. Glenna Durham convicted of first-degree murder in Michigan on Wednesday after her husband, a 46-year-old man, Martin Durham, was found dead. Now... She was accused of shooting the husband five times before turning herself in and saying it was a failed suicide attempt in their home. The 10-day trial, with defense lawyers having a list of her medications admitted in the trial in hopes of convincing the jury she was not in her right mind at the time of the shooting. But the, the linchpin in this was when their pet parrot named Bud was the only witness to the murder. Bud repeatedly said, don't mm -hmm, shoot, don't mm -hmm. in the voice of the dead man. I'm sorry, but uh, are we really going to allow birds to testify? I guess it's as good as Alexa. Don't worry about technology. Worried about your pets turning you in. We'll be right back after the break. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network? It is Pure Opelka, it is the Blaze Radio Network, it is also the third hour of our program live from Las Vegas. As we are, we are at Freedom Fest 10, and uh, we will be um, finishing out this hour today, but tomorrow morning. Uh, Pure Opelka will kick off the Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network 
with a, um, a live program here, but it's going to be 3 o'clock in the morning here in Las Vegas. It's going to be three hours before the sun comes up in Las Vegas. And uh, it is going to be, uh, it's going to be crazy time here, I think. Because I have no idea what happens in this Paris hotel and casino after midnight on a Friday night. And uh, there, are, there are a couple thousand people here for this event, for this conference. And as you've heard, uh, big names. You know, we had Steve Forbes here just a few minutes ago. We had uh, Thomas Massey, Congressman Thomas Massey, uh, last hour at the top of the hour. We had uh, Dinesh D'Souza kicked off the show and a libertarian gubernatorial candidate from New York. A guy I think you're going to hear more about, Larry Sharp, was on the show. So it's been a busy day. And then while we're not looking, halfway around the world, well, across the country anyway, Sean Spicer is uh, resigning. And the interesting thing, as Sean Spicer is resigning, it's, it's as if the networks were not only ready, but salivating for Sean Spicer's resignation. And I'll tell you why I say that. At every network television operation, every big network television operation, they actually have a department called the morgue. I know it sounds weird and grisly and all that stuff, but the networks have these places they call the morgue, and they are uh, an entire department where people start making video eulogies of famous folks, and they're constantly updating them. So, for example, when, when Canada gave us the wonderful Rob Ford, remember the Toronto mayor? who was totally out of control, and he was the most entertaining press conference ever, anywhere. When Rob Ford became a public figure, somebody immediately started a morgue file on Rob Ford, and they started piecing together all of the crazy things he did and said, so that if, God forbid, Rob, uh, Mr. Mr. Ford passed away, which he eventually did, they have files ready to go. Somebody's like, oh, he died in a car wreck. He died in this, whatever. Suddenly, they've got it ready. So in every network newsroom, in every network operation, they have a morgue that starts putting together. I know it sounds very maudlin, doesn't it? It sounds very grisly. But yet, it's, it's part of what television and entertainment do. You start putting together these tributes so that when they eventually need to happen... You can make them happen quickly. And in the case of Sean Spicer's resignation, it's not like a death, but it's like a career death. It's like a career passing. Immediately, the montages come out. And the only thing I'm, I'm waiting for is, is that the video with the music underneath asking us if we had the time of our life. I hope you had the time of your... Stop it. CNN popped theirs almost... A minute after, it was Sean Spicer, as press secretary, watched some of his most controversial moments. Are President Trump's tweets considered official White House statements? Well, the president is the president of the United States, so they're considered official statements by the president of the United States. Can I just... Uh, <laughs> that was when Gronkowski stepped in. Uh, maybe. 
He's given a whole montage about things like the crowds. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. About the chemical weapons when... We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You know, you had a, you know, someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to the, to the, to using chemical weapons. And then about Frederick Douglass. Douglass being recognized more and more. Um, do you have any idea what specifically he was referring to? Well, I think there's contributions. I think he wants to highlight the contributions that he has made. And I think through a lot of the actions and, and, and statements that he's going to make, I think the contributions of Frederick Douglass will become more and more. Even though Douglass had been dead for 120 years. If the and president then, puts Russian salad dressing on his salad tonight, somehow that's a Russian connection. No, I, you, well, no, that's, I appreciate your agenda here, but the reality is, oh, no, no, hold on. No, at some point, report the facts. I'm sorry that that disgusts you. You're shaking your head. Hold on. I, 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 no, no, but, but April, hold on. I'm sorry. Please stop shaking your head again. Then he mispronounced the, the Prime Minister of Canada's name. Set of meetings and discussions with Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada. The ban deals with seven countries that the Obama administration had previously identified. He's also made very clear that this is not a Muslim ban, it's not a travel ban. It can't be a ban if you're letting a million people in. If 325,000 people from another country can't be in, that is by nature not a ban. Spicer will be remembered, I think mostly for inspiring the character that Melissa McCarthy delivered on SNL. Sean Spicer will... will I, I wonder if Melissa McCarthy has tweeted today. Has anyone reached out to Melissa McCarthy to see if she's upset? Maybe, maybe the uh, season opener of SNL will have Melissa McCarthy somewhere on a beach as Sean Spicer. Uh, I'm just saying, they've got to be writing that right now. Hmm. We'll see. I just had a vision. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy in the suit, in the, in the blue suit, on the beach with a pina colada <laughs> and the, uh, the mobile podium with, you know, giant tires for the sand so she can drive it around the beach. Okay, SNL, that's a freebie. You, you can put that one together. Uh, and as we're talking, a friend says, not only did CNN put together a Spicer montage, but MSNBC couldn't wait to get theirs out there. And it, you, you can tell the agenda of the news outlet by the clips they wanted to put together for Spicer in their montage. This is the MSNBC less than a minute montage. Well, it was there. Here it is. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period, both in person and around the globe. Even General Flynn was, was a volunteer of the campaign. Um, and then obviously there's been discussion of, of Paul Manafort who played a very limited role for a very limited amount of time. But you had a you know, someone as despicable as Hitler, who didn't even sink to the to the to using chemical weapons. He brought him into the to um, 
to the Holocaust Center. I understand that. Well, obviously, I was really trying to make sure that we talked about the, the Assad's actions against his own people using chemical weapons. To draw any kind of comparison to the Holocaust was uh, inappropriate, and there was nothing, that, as far as we know, that would lead anyone to believe that, uh, that there was anything except for a discussion about adoption of the Majinsky Act. So there it is, the MSNBC case, where you can see the agenda in the actual content of the montage. They started out with the president's claim of the inauguration, and MSNBC is more obsessed with that claim than anybody else. And then they went on to finish with the, uh, the Russian connection. So as you can see, uh, you'll, you'll be seeing more of these, more and more throughout. And I think the interesting, the, the really interesting angle of this is going to, is going to be uh, the reception of the new press secretary, Scaramucci. And everyone has already tweeted 4,000 times that, uh, that he once called Donald Trump a hack politician. And you know what I think would be equally as interesting is to put together a collection of statements from people who um, initially liked Donald Trump and now don't like him. And I'm looking at you, MSNBC. I'm, I'm looking straight up at you, MSNBC, because you are the ones who absolutely were doing that, especially Morning Joe, especially the Morning Joe folks. So uh, interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch. Uh, coming up today, I, I'm dubious now. I was expecting the president of Liberland to stop by before we get out of here. But you know what? When I ran into the Liberland group yesterday, um, let's just say they were enjoying some adult bever beverages in the casino. And they might have spent some time... After I left them, enjoying more adult beverages, they were celebrating because they've had kind of a, a big year so far. So we may or may not get the president of Liberland. If I don't get him live, I, I will record an update from him and, um, and give, you, give you the latest update. I also have to get into something, something that I, I saw the story this morning on The Blaze. I saw the story, and the, the first word that popped into my mouth when I saw the story on The Blaze was eugenics. It's absolutely the first, the first thought that came into my mind. And uh, I'm glad to say that one of my colleagues at The Blaze had the exact same response. And this is one of those things that uh, we can't be silent on. And I'm sorry Thomas Massey isn't here because I think as he's discussing uh, criminal justice reforms, I think this would be an additional topic to his discussion. And I'll share my thoughts with you and the story next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Let me remind you, uh, you should do this. You should do this right now, especially if you have chronic pain, 
in your joints, like your knees, your back, your neck, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. It's, uh, it's my daily regimen, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I take Relief Factor. I keep it with me. It's in my bag. It's so easy to carry with you. And it's a natural anti-inflammatory that when you take the anti-inflammatory, guess what it does? The inflammation shrinks and the pain shrinks. I don't, I don't take pain medication of any kind, prescription or over-the-counter. And it's all about, it's all about Relief Factor. So go to relieffactor.com and uh, check them out. The three-week quick start pack is $19.95. You can call them at 800-500-9394. I'm sorry, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. I got distracted because there were a couple of people wearing Bitcoin shirts that just walked by, and I'm I want to ask them questions about uh, Bitcoin. But uh, check out Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. It works for me, and I hope it'll work for you. Uh, when we went away, I was talking about a story on The Blaze. It popped up this morning, and I saw this story about inmates at White County, Tennessee prison who are receiving reduced jail time if they agree to get a vasectomy or get a birth control implant. So for the men, a vasectomy. For the women, a birth control implant. For the transitioning people, I don't know what the hell you give them. But the county officials told the local television station there that since the program began, 32 women have received the Nexplanon implant, which apparently can prevent pregnancies for up to four years. And there are 38 men awaiting vasectomies. And they're doing this free of charge. All of this is happening free of charge. And what, what the jail is saying, what the, the prison system is saying, is that they hope to encourage these, these inmates to take personal responsibility and give them a chance that when they do get out, to not be burdened with children. Listen to that to not be burdened with children. And he says uh, this gives them a chance to get on their feet and make something of themselves. Well, you know, the judge who signed the order, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is disgusting to me. I'm one of nine kids, and I remember talking to my parents about the size of this family that we had. And how our life was, our life was not a life of a really rich family, but our life was rich in tradition. Our life was rich in laughter. Our life was rich in, in family unity. I grew up rich, not in terms of money, but in terms of love. And I don't think we ever looked at at the size of our family as a burden. I don't think we ever looked at the size of our family as, as holding back anything in our family. But what I think this program does, what I think this program does uh, is, in, is, is telling people, we don't want these people reproducing. This sure feels like, like some sort of incentivized eugenics that Tennessee is saying that God forbid these people who ended up in jail 
get, get pregnant again and have kids again because we all know that the children of people who've been to jail or prison, well, they never amount to anything, do they? It's shocking to me. It's absolutely shocking to me. So what, the, what they're doing in this, in this uh, White County, Tennessee jail is reducing sentences by 30 days to people who undergo go birth control procedures. I, I'm sorry, but it's, this is eugenics. What are we doing? Seriously. Is anyone standing up on this and standing up and saying no? A spokesman for the ACLU, according to reporting on theblaze.com, and I'll tweet out a link to the story on the blaze. A spokesman for the ACLU said offering so-called choice between jail time and coerced contraception or sterilization is unconstitutional. I so agree. I rarely agree with the ACLU. They continue by saying such a choice violates a fundamental constitutional right to reproductive autonomy and body integrity by interfering with the intimate decision of whether and when to have a child, imposing an intrusive medical procedure on individuals who are not in a position to reject it. And the judges play an important role in our community. Overseeing individuals' childbearing capacity should not be a part of that role. I, I, I am standing in 120% agreement with the, with the ACLU on this. I'm, I am shocked. I'm appalled. But what's next, Judge? You, you, you're going to start doing this to people who are overweight on the street? You're going to start offering uh, incentives to people that you think are uh, not attractive? What about somebody who might have one leg? What about somebody who has a, 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 a bad arm? Are you going to say, hey, just so you're not burdened with a child going forward, we're going to offer you a tax break if you'll get a, a vasectomy or a birth control implant. This really is disturbing. It's, it's shocking. And I, I, I hope to hell there is an outcry against this. I hope to hell there is somebody stands up and says, no, we're not going to have eugenics in the 21st century. Michael Pelka, I'm Pure Pelka. When we get back, I want to introduce you to a, uh, a character, and I mean that in every sense of the word. A gentleman who stopped by and said, I, I want to tell your audience about my Senate campaign. California, pay attention. You're going to meet somebody who you might want to vote for. You're at least going to want to meet him. And a car that combines electric energy and hydrogen? Oh, yeah. We'll explain. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to uh, Pure Opelka. And we are uh, we're live in Las Vegas. That's why you hear a slightly different sound than in the studios in uh, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker 
in the woods of Arden, Delaware. But yeah, we are, we're live and uh, we're at Freedom Fest 10. It's, it's an amazing experience for me. I've followed Freedom Fest for years, but I've never been able to attend. And this year I'm able to attend. And this last half hour, we're talking, we're talking to two individuals who are going to, uh, to give you a different outlook on both politics and uh, industry. And first we're going with the politics. We're gonna talk with a gentleman I just met here about two hours ago. He was walking by the, the broadcast setup and said, are you, uh, are you with that guy, Glenn Beck? Or I'm paraphrasing. But his name is Jerry Laws, Jerry Joseph Laws. Uh, he is a, uh, a candidate for the United States Senate in a state that I regularly say, where the heck are the conservatives? And I, I say that so often, God must have heard me, because popped up Jerry Laws right here, Jerry J. Laws for the United States Senate. You are a conservative, and Jerry, you're, you're oh, hang on there, you're a constitutional? I'm a constitutional conservative. Uh, constitutional conservative. Very good. <clears throat> no, I, I, since this is a, a free speech radio, yeah. my name on the ballot next year will be Jerry Joseph Laws. Last year I ran for U.S. Senate. I had over 53,000 votes. Only got as far north as San Jose, but all 58 counties voted for me. And by the way, folks, we only have about 12 or 14 uh, in the county, 58 counties as sheriffs who understand the Constitution Bill of Rights. Uh, McMahon and San Bernardino County is one of ours. Now, I'll have to say, if uh, can I say about sending a dollar if they want to? Well, you, sure well of course, you it's free radio. Free ra no, what, ah, what ah, we're here ah. to do, Jerry, is say, uh, we first we want to introduce you to people. Okay. Uh, the people in this audience, and there are many in California who listen to this radio That's show. That's good. Maybe when, they... Whenever I say anything bad about California, yeah. I get the email. Ah, ah. Well, tell them that they're talking to one of the original Bay Watchers from Zuma Beach where he got old and his teeth fell out. So if their grandmother <laughs> was down at Tower 22 in Hermosa Beach in a bikini in 1960, I probably knew her. Jerry, I don't want to talk about anybody's grandmother in a bikini on Hermosa okay, Beach. Okay, well, I don't either. But okay, now look, I'm running for U.S. Senate, as the fine gentleman said. I'm running for U.S. Senate in California. And my website yes. is Jerry Joseph Laws. Well, actually, my website is www. You don't even need the www. No, you don't. You just Laws. Do. It's called Laws, L-A-W-S, U.S. Senate, 2018.com. Laws, U.S. Senate, 2018.com. You bring that up on your computer. You'll see me without my cover on, my hat there. The Marine Corps call them cover. At the bottom of the... Uh, uh, the website you'll see two minute you'll see Minutemen two Minutemen yes sir and at the very bottom of my website you'll see uh, the Minutemen are real and so am I now you go to my website it's very long but you're like Abraham Lincoln's quote from 1838 and by the way <clears throat> being an old kind of lifeguard well we won't go on that unless any further but I have John Hancock on one side of the family through the Phillipses and I have uh, uh, supposed to have Stephen F. Austin from the other side of the family. Oh, wow. And then I, then the laws is on North Carolina. Settled that in 1620 for King George I. We fought King George III. We know where King George IV hid, and we got him out of the White House. <clears throat> now, if you go to my website, if you donate a dollar, you realize that everybody that owned guns in California had donated me a dollar. I probably would have had over $80,000. As it is, I ran on my own money. I had four donations, and that's the way it goes. 
Did you want to add something? I, I, of course I do, but you know, you're, you're an unstoppable Well, I've only been, force I've only been on radio 40-some years. <laughs> George Putnam for 20 years, Ray Breen for 40 years, and all that good stuff. <clears throat> well, Jerry, we're talking to Jerry Laws. He is running Jerry for, Joseph Jerry, Laws. I'm sorry, Jerry. Yes. No, I'm it was Jerry Laws you know, last I don't, time. I, I got to be I got to be careful with Marines. You guys are tough. Even even though you got a couple of years on me, Jerry, I I still think you're wiry enough to take me. And you ah. know, you never cross a Marine. Trust me. I, I first of all, thank you for your service. How long were you in the Marine Corps? Well, I served several tours of duty. Okay, where? My, my, well, I, I ended up with Panama, but that was a different story. I put in for Nam uh, several times, and they, uh, my first wife wouldn't let me go. Well, let's put it this way. My first wife would not. I'd already had eight years or ten years in the Marine Corps, and my first wife wouldn't let me go because we had two children and one in the oven. And so the recruiter says, you know, Sergeant Laws, you got to get your wife to okay this thing or you won't be able to go. Well, she wouldn't okay it, no. but it's okay. I divorced her and got married to another woman, <laughs> but that's beside the point. <laughs> the, the Marine Corps, <clears throat> we got a good commandant in the Marine Corps now, too. And by the way, for you old Marines out there, if, if the memoirs are correct from Chessie Puller, you remember what Chessie Puller said? I don't. He, he said, that doggone banking outfit, they got us into into Nicaragua and the banana wars. What a hell of a mess that was. Yeah. But that's beside the point. So the <laughs> wait, let me tell everybody the website again. It's laws US Senate2018.com. Laws US Senate2018.com. Uh, Jerry Joseph Laws is a candidate for 2018 in the the election for California to be uh, a senator, and you said you ran last time. You ran uh, in 2016. You got 50 some thousand votes I had in the 53, primary. 53,000 votes at least. And, and all 58 states, uh, 58 counties, yeah. but only got as far north as San Jose. Wow. Now, I'm going to be able to go up and down the state, <clears throat> and I'll be campaigning right and left. And by the way, I showed this, uh, this radio. Yeah, you showed this to me earlier. This yes. is interesting. This is the oath. <clears throat> Uh, that I'm going to show Governor Brown. So some of you Californians might give him a little uh, leg up or something. But I'm going to show this to Governor Brown. Now, I'm not going to grab him by the stack and swivel. And old people out there know what the stack and swivel, that's when they stacked up the guns in a pyramid so they could go have some chow or whatever. Uh, okay. And it's the oath of the California state law, but it's the constitutional oath that the sheriffs, the judges, by the way, I may sneak over the Ninth Circuit Court and show them too. But I have a big scroll that I'm going to roll out. Underneath that scroll, it will say, oh, by the way, uh, it'll say the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, a well-regulated militia belong, uh, being necessary for the security of a free state and the right of people to keep and bear arms. Now, all you Californians out there who voted against 63, if I remember right, 63 was to defeat the whatever the bill was that was going to take care of our gun rights, ruin our gun rights again. But anyway, I have on this quote, I have, um, I'll just read the last part of okay, it. Okay, because I've only got like two, two minutes left here. Two um, minutes yeah. left. Boy, that's all I ever get um, on the George Putnam show. Well, you know. All right, it goes this way. Members of the California legislation, you are breaking your oath of office and committing perjury by passing laws that, that uh, restrict the pro uh, and restrict and prohibit the people from keeping and bear arms. Now, folks out there in radio land or computer land, the Constitution bell rides very strong. I think I mentioned, maybe I didn't, I have John Hancock on one side, the family yes. through the Phillipses, and the laws of North Carolina. 
Now I'm, I'm 77 years old. I figure I got another 30 years. We'll see what happens. And it was very kind of this man to put me on the air. But you can catch me on. Shall I go mention? Go ahead. Note? You can mention. All right. He's very free. He's definitely the first. By the way, Feinstein wants to take away your First Amendments, and she's starting to raise money again, and your Second Amendment. And by the way. Anyway, I have a picture. You know what walls are for, folks? To hang pictures on. I got a picture of the new Supreme Court justice. I got Feinstein looking directly at him with an AR-15 in his hand. <laughs> and he's looking at her and saying, well, anyway, beside the point. Look, folks, it's God, family, country, and the Constitution and Bill of Rights. If you love this country, you'll do your best to put people in office in state, local, and federal who understand the Constitution, Bill of Rights. And all your ancestors, I have ancestors, were with uh, George at Valley Forge. I have ancestors who fought on both sides of the Civil War. And I have ancestors who fought in other wars. And you probably do too. So folks, put your God, family, country. If you're not a religious person, at least uh, we don't chop your head off. And by the way, if I didn't mention it, in the first or second century is when we took the Spain took care of the first Muslims. Now we have some good Muslims here. A lot of them. But we there got a lot, lot of, of good bad ones, ones too. Yeah, we have a couple. Anyway, we got a lot of bad ones too. All right. So, so defend let, your gun rights. But let, let's let's go over these three. I think you really hit on something with these three: God, family, country. In that order. It, yes. And if you put that, I, I I will tell you, Jerry Joseph Laws, if you put that. God, family, country, and then put dot, dot, dot in that order, I think you're going to have a really strong campaign going Well, if they send information to my website. Yes, which I, is? Which is? Laws, US Senate, 2018.com. Very good. they send that, I'm getting, I'm getting stickers made up All right. that I had last year, and you'll see at the very bottom of the sticker, at the very bottom of, the, uh, of, the, of my information on the card, you'll see two... Uh, You'll see two Minutemen, and underneath it'll say, the Minutemen are real, and so am I. Now, if you really believe in California, and I do, I've been here since I was five, and all that good stuff, I love California. I love this country. And if you do, then do what you can, send me a buck. And I mean, if it's only a buck, all I'll right, send sir. you a receipt if you need one. Well, and God bless this young man uh, who's got this station. And by the way, there's a lot more people listening on this kind of a station than there are any other stations in the country. From your lips to God's ear, Jerry Joseph Laws, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Thank you for caring enough for this country to put yourself out there. We appreciate you, and good luck. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. Thank you for being here. God bless. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I, I wish I had another hour because I think I just struck a vein in a mine where I would be digging and digging. Uh, while I was wandering about the uh, Freedom Fest this morning, I saw a car and I tweeted a couple pictures of this car this morning. It is stunning. It's got the Lambo doors. And it's beautiful, and it is an electric hydrogen hybrid car. And I've never seen one of those. 
And the guy in the background of the picture is, is the guy behind it, Ron Ford of Ron Motor Group. And uh, Ron agreed to come over and talk to us in these few minutes. First of all, welcome, sir. Your car is gorgeous. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Let's get up a little bit on this one. Thank you one. so much for the compliments. Uh, you know, life's too short to drive ugly cars, so well, we, we try to make them as beautiful as we can. Well, I, I see how beautiful it is. It also appears to be fast. It is fast. <laughs> it, that was part of the design. You know, they told me that you couldn't build a really fast automobile that looked cool that also had nice emissions. Uh, we, I think we've proved our point. Well, it, there's also on the sign, on the giant sign, and I, I may go back and make a little bit of a video of, of the display you have. That says 600 miles between, I guess, recharging or fill-up? Right, that is correct. So, assuming you had a battery car like we do, I mean, the yeah. car has battery pack on it just like a Tesla would have. Mm -hmm. But if you add the hydrogen fuel cell, so the fuel cell, is just, it just generates electricity. So, once you fill it up with hydrogen, you put a 5 or 10 gallon tank on there, then it'll generate electricity that keeps your batteries charged. So you don't have to stop and do a supercharger or a plug-in or something like that. I, I, my mind is blown. I, I'm, I'm just saying, why didn't somebody do this before? Or, or are you just the first and there's a bunch also trying? Well, you know, they've been pecking around at it uh, yeah. for a long time. We were the first to actually do the hydrogen car back eight years ago. Uh, that's the prototype you see sitting there. Yeah. Now we've moved to all electric. So electric cars are either powered by all battery or hydrogen or a combination. So we chose the combination to I, do that. I think that's such a smart idea because as, as, as we were discussing beforehand, it, we're, the industry's moving cleaner. It has to by just by the sheer nature of, of life and, and capitalism. Absolutely. And so why not why not get on the cutting edge of it? Now, in the, in the three minutes or so I have left here, how much is it gonna cost me to get that car so listen, eventually? Our new, yeah, so our new electric car, the Phoenix, It'll be all electric. It'll have a hydrogen option, hydrogen fuel cell option for guys that live in California or in Europe. Uh, $150,000. You could drive an all electric vehicle with a 600 mile range. Uh, that's pretty strong. So you're never going to need a muffler or no. a gas station? No. Or an oil change? Not necessarily. Okay. You would pr pretty much all you're going to produce is uh, water vapor. It would be all of that'd be it. Wow. And, uh, how soon am I going to see these on the road? So our automobiles, uh, we're about a year out from okay. having that to a market. So first quarter of 2019, we should have the first, you know, Scorpion sports cars. Uh, those Not Scorpion, Phoenix. The new car is called the Phoenix. Uh, we also have a new uh, SUV that will be coming, you know, shortly thereafter that we're developing. I want everybody to know that. And I'd like to say one other thing that, that your people probably don't know. All right. We build really cool cars. But we also build electric buses uh, in Sweden, and we just got a, a new JV partner in China as well. Huh. So we're producing electric hydrogen vehicles all over the world now, not just in the USA. You were off my radar until 100%. about two hours ago. 100%. And, 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 and the world's. And now you are on my radar, and we're going to make some noise on your behalf because I think... Uh, I think you have some really interesting ideas. Thank you. I wish it, uh, if I could ask everybody there yeah. to just play, go to our website, www.ronmotorgroup.com, and just take a look at us. It's ronmotorgroup.com, but it's Ron with two N's, and you can see the car. You can click on the video and get their story. I love finding new stuff because you never know, and you always got to keep looking, people. Uh, Ron Ford, thank you for thank carving you. some time out. I, I hope we hear more from you, and I hope my lottery ship comes in, and I'm uh, I'm on your order list. Listen, I'm going to build you <laughs> some other cars that are much more uh, complimentary to the pocketbook. I don't, I, 
I want a fast car with Lambo doors. Don't, don't crush my dream. All right, all right, all right. We're going to build you one special then. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Uh, it's been a crazy day here at uh, Freedom Fest, and uh, we'll wrap it up, and we'll go cause trouble and see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. All right, good. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.